Welcome to Resilience in You with Beth Page. It's thought that challenges and uncertainty make us the people we are today. Where success comes in is how resilient we are in the face of adversity. Being resilient means taking a break, creating a sense of calm in our storm. You start today. Here's your host, Beth Page. Hello, fabulous humans. Welcome to Resilience in You. My name is Beth Page. I'm your host, and I'm here with my special guest, Carrie Lee Calder. This morning, I'm calling in from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Halat, Penelicate, and Stuminas families. As I touched my bare feet on the earth this morning and welcomed an eagle to the neighborhood, I realized what gratitude I have for the opportunity to live, learn, work, and call in for our call today from these lands. Carrie Lee is an advocate for women. She's been involved in the advocacy related to the missing, murdered, and Indigenous women in Canada for many years. She's also an alumni of the MA Leadership Program at Royal Roads University, a former student, and a fabulous human. Welcome, Carrie Lee, to Resilience in You. What would you like our listeners to know about you today? Gela Kasla Nugwa Am Tsakatusala Gayuklin Laguskimu. Um I just introduced myself in my in my Kwakwala language. I'm um currently living on the unceded territory of the um Liquita and Comox people. Um and I'm delighted to connect with you today, Beth. I I think I would like listeners to know that um, <laughs> that I that I'm committed to bringing light to MMIWG for people. I don't think that there's a, enough um, dialogue, talk, and uh, healing spaces for families impacted um, by murdered missing Indigenous women and girls and um, bringing opportunity for healing to happen is something that I'm passionate about. Oh, welcome. And uh, what um, both difficult and um, so important for your voice to be raised when the voices of Missing, murdered Indigenous women and girls can't be fully uh, represented or heard. And I'm grateful for you and for um, this deeply emotional work that you do in service. As we enter into this conversation today, what's the story of resilience that you want to bring forward as we open up our dialogue I think the um, when I think about resiliency and how I um, how I'm have actioned that in my life, it's I've been gifted many things in my lifetime, and as um, indigenous as an indigenous woman, I come from a strong line of um, ancestors that walk with me. Um, throughout my life and have 
we have intergenerational trauma that we deal with, but I like to focus on the resiliency of my people. I believe my people are strong, healthy, grounded, um, and have the ability to be. And when I reflect on it personally, I know that resiliency starts with each of us individually, um, being able to ground ourselves in what we see as our purpose, how we're connected to this universe and to other people, and to allow ourselves, I, I try to allow myself space and time to reflect, connect in nature, and um, work on parts of myself that it, we don't usually share with, with the public. And I think that that needs to change. The um, being courageous enough to be vulnerable and to share what our own struggle is with the world, um, it, it creates a space of safety that's broader than just a small group. And sharing when there's... Um, when you're having a tough time. And I think about us being in COVID, during COVID times in the pandemic and how gathering and connecting um, physically is not allowed and how much that's taken from every individual on the, you know, on the earth at the moment. And how is it that we're going to um, be able to, to get through that resilience, that, that resilience, bring that resilience forward. And I think from my perspective it's connections like these having conversations talking about that and unpacking those things um and being able to uh to feel the bond that we have with each other even if we're miles apart um that there's strength there and making sure we're reaching out and connecting and as you reflect on this aspect of connection and connecting uh, what are the ways in which you connect with this ancestral lineage that you're a part of? I do. I do a lot of grounding work. So for me, that's going out onto the territory. Um, I. I like the ocean. Uh, I feel connected to the ocean. It's my place to to go and unpack, to reflect, to let go, um, feeling the sand under my feet and allowing the water to flow around me uh, to be able to ground myself there in that space. And I do prayer. So I I pray to the creator and I call on my ancestors and acknowledge that they're here. I, I thank them for walking with me um, during my lifetime and for supporting me and uh, aligning my purpose with action. And that comes through reflection. It comes through prayer. Um, I use cedar when I go out. If, I'm, if I really feel like I'm carrying a lot, I go out and I... Um, I do brushings for myself and do a ceremony of letting go of all that doesn't serve me um, and leaving that behind so that I can, I can better focus. Certainly this comes with um, cultural protocols that I have to follow 
um, that I wouldn't fully bring forward on a radio show or advise somebody else to do. But it, it's a practice of um, connecting with the earth wherever I may be and utilizing the medicines and the um, and completing ceremonies that I've been taught and that I've practiced daily. So going to connect and rising with gratitude, waking up in the morning and the first thing that I do in the morning before I get out of bed is um, show my gratitude and, and do a prayer and thank the creator for gifting me with another day. Um, I reflect and meditate in the morning and before I let my feet hit the floor, I think about what my intention and my purpose is today and how I'm going to bring my best self forward. Mm. And when I'm, when I'm not having a good day or I don't feel um, like I can get out of bed, I acknowledge it. What is that? What is it about? And I won't get out of bed until I've uh, unpacked that and let it go to feel okay with myself, to give myself permission. I'm going to rest today. I need to rest and take care of myself. I'm doing too many things. I need to be still. Um, it's those practices that help get through a week or a month or a year. Um, it's the daily practices that ground me and what my purpose is. But also, um, it connects me with my worthiness as an individual. Allows me permission to say that I'm not okay today. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do to take care of myself today so that I can mm -hmm. better connect and serve others. Mm -hmm. And when you think about letting go, what, um, what has been of service for you to let go of as we have navigated through COVID? I guess the, um, the doubt, the fear, um, of not being good enough or worthy enough. Um, being able to take my power back and stating that other people cannot define who I am and what my worth is. Only I can define that. And it's me that sets that tone. So carrying myself with respect and leading with kindness, I think is the, the um, my focused approach. And I'll call myself on it if I'm in a position where I'm not um, acting myself or uh, I don't think that I'm leading in the best way. I do a lot of reflection on that. How is it? What am I triggered about? What am I stressed about? Because it usually comes from stress that we're trying to control something. And mm -hmm. the truth of it all is the only person we're in control of is ourselves. And how it is we choose to connect and be in the world. Um, when we busy our minds and our and ourselves with trying to control other people is when I think we step into a space of disconnect from our true purpose. Mm -hmm. um, this um, letting go of control such a powerful uh, opportunity that we all have because we've learned how little we have as a result of uh, this uh, microscopic um, uh, situation uh, that has had such an impact on the globe called COVID. Um, I, we're going to take a quick break and come back and pick up 
with the letting go of control and the possibility that comes from that. Okay. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the Resilience at Work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited Resilience at Work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience in You. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with my special guest, Carrie Lee Calder, a fabulous human, advocate for women. And we went to break talking about letting go of control. And uh, amidst these COVID times, that has been a challenge for many of us. Uh, Carrie Lee, what's been your experience with letting go of control? I think the, the biggest thing is focusing on, like I've stated, oneself doing the self-reflection and being able to uh, identify the things that are in your life that, that you are in control of. So you're in control of what you say, you're in control of what you do, you're in control of your own feelings, um, you're in control of uh, what you choose to share and contribute to the world. 
all the other things on the outside. He can't control the weather. He can't control COVID restrictions. He can't control how a person's going to respond to you. Um, so moving forward with the best intentions and knowing that um, it's the reflection in, in ourselves that's going to contribute to feeling good wherever your feet may be in the world. Um, and in, for women in particular, um, really acknowledging the sacredness of us as women. In my culture, women are sacred, they're life givers. Um, giving life and bringing life into the world is um, a, a very sacred um, responsibility. But it's also that women should be protected, should be um, loved and cherished. And our connections in life don't always un unfold that way. But it's the one thing that I reflect on is how um, when I reflect on the young 18-year-old self or 20-year-old self, I didn't realize my value um, as a woman, didn't acknowledge my value. So if I, it was more, when you think about connections and relationships, however, however that relationship is, it's, do they like me? Am I good enough? Mm -hmm. We ask ourselves those questions and those questions need to change. Do I like them? Do they belong mm -hmm. in my life? Are they contributing to the betterment of me? Are they safe to be around my family? Um, are they, is that, are those individuals um, safe enough for me to bring home and bring around my grandchildren? And that's mm -hmm. truly the shift when I think about that now, I'm very, um, I ensure that the people that I spend time with in my life are contributing to my wellness, mm -hmm. are also um, individuals that respect my space mm -hmm. and that respond, do not react, and that keep, keep me and hold me in a safe space. And I will do the mutual thing for them. Um, I think for young women, the biggest gift that we can give to a young woman is to show them how to take care of themselves, mm -hmm. how to protect themselves. Um, I think about my my daughter and my nieces. My niece, Angeline, Pete's been missing since May of 2011. And our families worked hard to try and find her. Um, the I, I can't explain the true challenges connected to having somebody missing in your life but it's really important to for me to be able to walk through this is to ground myself and to know where I come from my identity and my connection um, mm -hmm. and also to draw on all of those all of my connections in my time of need and to be able to say out loud this is too much for me and I can't handle it right now I need to take care of myself there's no shame in that. Um, mm -hmm. Most of my life I've gone to a shame place because I want to take time for myself. And I had one of my friends tell me you're resting. It's not called lazy. If you're taking a day off and you need to rest, you're taking mm -hmm. care of yourself. And that's part of taking care of other people. Um, and I think about young women today and every chance that I get, I let them know how sacred they are. And mm -hmm. I have three sons three sons and I've raised them to be protectors of women, to hold safe space for women, to be respectful, um, 
to be kind. And I think there needs to be some teachings about what it means to um, to recognize when somebody's not in a safe place. What is it yeah. that we can do in our lives to be able to support that? And it's um, acknowledge it, acknowledge how wrong it is, and unpack that right there, right, right in that moment. It's not okay yeah. to to speak to so and so that way. And I think uh, another piece of it is being able to build people up. Um, mm -hmm. What is our um, connection, and what is our responsibility as um, as society to be able to lift each other up and hold space for each other? but also to ensure what respect means. Because I think mm -hmm. identifying, identifying um, and defining what um, values we have, but also the definitions of those values. Because a lot of us can say, I'm respectful of myself or other people, but we don't acknowledge how it is we show that respect or that um, care or that or acknowledgement. And I think that letting go of the control piece is, um, is about having these conversations, yeah. talking about it. How is it that you identify? How is it, do you identify as she or her or him or his? I think those are, those are important um, aspects of, um, being true and truly connected and, and responsive to each other. Yeah. yeah. And if you were going to give yourself, um, your, your young self, uh, a few words of wisdom that um, young adult women could just receive as though they're getting a message from their future selves, what would it be? <clears throat> I think it would be loving yourself, um, being able to acknowledge the... loving all of yourself. Um, being able to unpack and, and name the things that we struggle with without um, the shame connected to it. Um, body image. Uh, when I think of body image or um, I think about my young self and how hard I worked, how I was, my mind and my, everything in my life was action-based to get to a place where I could support my children and be independent and um, attain the things I needed to do and provide a good life for my children. Um, when I think back to it, I, I've never been kind enough to myself, never allowed myself enough space to um, just be mm -hmm. and acknowledge those. I still have, I still have challenges with it. Um, so appreciating oneself, mm -hmm. um, being able to, I'm so proud of, um, the young women, some of the young women that are in my life that have taught me, my daughters have taught me so much. Um, mm -hmm. They've, they're very direct and very, mm -hmm. um, they've grown to be very strong and uh, assertive in their, in their life. 
as well as um, take very good care of themselves and allow themselves time and space to say, you know, this isn't okay with me and I don't really know what that, why it isn't, but I'm going to mm-hmm. give myself space before I respond and that it's more about what it is that serves them in their life. So I'm proud of that. I'm thankful for mm-hmm. their teachings. And if you were to think of um, the guidance that you've offered your sons, uh, what would you be saying to young adult men about how they can create safe, respectful spaces? I'd be respecting women um, Mm -hmm. and themselves never um, assuming that they can touch or be in a woman's space without being invited. Mm -hmm. Um, Also learning what friendship means between Mm -hmm. women and and men. And my my sons have many um, women friends and friendships that are valuable to them um, Mm -hmm. can separate uh, romance romance from friendship and I think that that in itself is a skill that um, I'm proud of that they've brought forward and the fact mm-hmm. that it's um, their commitment to ensuring there's uh, safety around women mm-hmm. um, I'm proud of them for that um, protecting protecting young women and their and addressing something when they see something that's happening that's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. All of my sons have done it uh, my young my youngest um, really did intercept unsafety for young women and addressed the issue directly and was acknowledged at school for that um, keeping a young woman safe when she was unsafe. Mm-hmm intervened and said it's not okay for you to do this and I'm not Mm -hmm. allowing it to happen here I can't say enough how proud I am of that yeah I think there's just so many people that are um, living without uh, uh, the guidance that can result in safe spaces for all and so I'm really appreciating the words that you're offering and the other thing that I was struck by when you talked about um, the things you can control, you talked about controlling emotion and feelings. And I uh, imagine uh, that for some of our listeners, they experience themselves as being their feeling or emotion. And what are some of the strategies that you use to... Um, to 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 bring that emotion within your control. Recognizing and understanding triggers, mm. I think, is one way. Um, being somebody that's had to work through many traumas in my life, I've done a lot of trauma work. Um, reflecting on what experiences I've had, uh, being able to speak openly about situations that would trigger me, um, but also 
when I'm in the moment feeling something and I want to react, I stop now where before I didn't, um, before I did my trauma work and understood that nobody can make you feel anything. You're in control of how you feel and what you are, are putting out in the world. Um, I take more time to reflect. And when there's um, conflict, um, my old self would have responded to shut it down, to out- mm-hmm. overpower um, another individual. Whereas now it's about listening and saying, okay, what did I miss? What did mm-hmm. I, what could I have done better in this situation? Um, how is it I'm being accountable for my action or non-action? How am I, uh, how am I showing up for other individuals? And how mm-hmm. is it that I'm contributing to the way that they feel? Everybody remembers how, a, how, a, um, how you feel in connection to somebody's presence. And mm-hmm. really grounding myself in, um, in connecting to that. Am I being true to myself? Or am I doing something because I feel it needs to be done instead of including individuals and having those conversations? And I think unpacking challenges together versus placing blame on an individual is mm-hmm. the focus that I have in regard to feelings um and owning that being able to come back to the conversation um after some reflection happens and stating Mm -hmm. how you wanted to respond to um i wanted to respond to whatever situation it is Mm -hmm. um the conflict that happened between us and these are the pieces that i can own um and apologize and being able mm-hmm. to, to own my part in what, what the creating of that conflict, but also being able to um, acknowledge and state what it is I need. These are the things that this is what I thought our intent was or our collective intent. These are the things I did to contribute to that. Um, this is where I think I lost my way. And mm-hmm. here's how I think we can get back on the same page so that we can move forward together um, because together is always better. It's always mm-hmm. better. Um, I think the different perspectives of individuals when you're unpacking something, are, every perspective is important. And acknowledging that even if there's somebody that has the opposite perspective of myself and um, recognizing and acknowledging their perspective and then trying to understand it from that perspective. Okay, I'm going to put myself in that situation, be on the receiving end of this. Mm-hmm. and go through that and I do part of, do that in my reflection to be able to come back and talk and it's not this isn't something certainly that you can do in every single situation but it is a practice of the journaling that I've done um, recently uh, being able to um, to be purposeful and in, 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 especially in prayer when there's mm-hmm. when I'm connecting to uh, grounding myself and I'm struggling and I know somebody else is struggling, acknowledging them in that and stating we're in a struggle right now. And I would really, I really want to contribute to making this better. And I need guidance connected to that. If it's out of my, out of my hands or I feel it's too far away from me, then I'll pray on it. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, I, a colleague, uh, Peter Block, um, you know, asks the question, what's uh, my contribution to the problem or issue or relationship that I'm concerned with. 
And what I'm appreciating about what you're offering is just a really practical way for people to begin to own their piece of uh, what's unfolding before them so that uh, the relationship can be held sacred, so that it can be honored, so that we can find our way forward together and not separate. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. Yeah. So with that powerful notion of how we might move forward together. Let's take a quick break and I'll be back with my special guest, Carrie Lee Coulter. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the Resilience at Work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited Resilience at Work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience in You. Welcome back, fabulous humans. I'm here with my special guest, Carrie Lee Calder. And we have been uh, talking about uh, women young women, young men, we've been talking about emotions, we've been talking about controlling what you can and letting go of what you can't. And Carrie Lee, when you contemplate resilience for yourself as you lead and navigate relationships, what are the key 
messages or reminders that you offer yourself around resilience? Um, I think I've stated before that I, I, this is how I identify. So being connected to my identity, um, I'm Goose Gimuk from Quetzino. I have bloodlines to the way we come, the so Wikinu and the Talisikula on my mother's side and on my father's side, Emoji Cree. Knowing where I come from and who I belong to is really important to me and it contributes to that resiliency. My ancestors had to fight hard so that I could be standing here and speaking and sharing this right now. Um, so it's a privilege to be able to walk this earth and be an extension of them. I also have a, a responsibility to contribute to the seven generations ahead and what is it that I'm doing every day to contribute to that. Um, I choose to see my life as um, a life of service to to others and to my people um, and to ensure that I'm I'm holding myself, I hold myself responsible um, to contribute to the betterment of my people, to bring Indigenous voice to the forefront and to ensure that um, every single individual that I work with um, that's working through um, huge trauma with in connection to MMIWG knows that they're important. Their voice matters. Their feelings um, are valued, that they are valued as individuals. Um, and I think about um, the responsibility I have to others means that I have to take very sacred care of myself. I have mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm connected. I have to make sure that I'm reflecting. I have to make sure that um, I'm resting and doing what I need to do for me to be able to contribute to the to um, the betterment of others or creating space so that work can happen. Um, I reflect on the Kwakwakiwak MMIWG gathering that um, I planned and delivered in Port Hardy. And it was truly uh, my purpose in that was to um, provide space for healing to, to be at home. I really truly feel that it's our, it's my people, the indig Indigenous peoples, families and communities that have to be leading the work connected to the impacts of MMIWG, not government prescribing what it is we need, we need mm -hmm. not guessing, not having um, consultations with, with um, big, you know, big consultations and then moving forward with what they think. I think there needs to be a shift between mm -hmm. um, government and community and it needs to be um, defined by membership by um, Indigenous people. Uh, we know what how to heal. We have our own cultural practices to be able to contribute to healing and connecting to the land. Um, Land-based healing, uh, cultural um, ceremonies that we have all contribute to our identity and identifying that and mm -hmm. making sure that we shouldn't have to fight to do that. We shouldn't mm -hmm. have to navigate systems to be able to access dollars, to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have to ask permission. It should be um, communities defining how it is their, their people wanna work through this 
-hmm. and being able to provide the space um, to be able to move through it. And I think far too, for far too long, we, we ask permission of um, government or like somebody on the outside of us is going to have answers. And I think about this too as an individual. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever we as individuals reach outside of ourselves to get validation, it's, it's a, um, that should be a sign that we're not doing enough reflection internally. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, each individual carries the answers in themselves, in their own purpose. And if we start honoring and creating space and opportunity and work at school and um, community programming for those things to happen and for people to really truly bring them their best self forward, that's when we're going to see change. But it's not going to happen until people have time and space to be able to voice what it is they're, they're feeling, being able mm-hmm. to unpack it and and contribute to that greater conversation of how is it that we're um, working to focus on the resilience of a people, mm-hmm. not identifying all the challenges or all the, the negative things. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of the questions that I uh, often um, pose when, when I experience people looking outside, because that's also an act of giving away power. And in taking it back, what I'll often the question I'll often pose is, what does your wise self offer by way of guidance for this situation? And it is an invitation for people to reconnect into themselves uh, to see what wisdom is waiting to be given voice. And uh, that that process of giving voice to the possibility of a people. Uh, claiming resilience and um, taking the actions of healing uh, so that it's from a place of, of uh, reparation from healing and from, from the, the, that reconnection to, the, to, to community assets. Uh, uh, what might be possible? Uh, in 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 taking that in um, from the perspective of community, what could that mean for resilience for a community? Mm-hmm. I think that there's there is so much. Um, opportunity and um, seeking out partnerships that are good to develop um, a stronger connection. And we, when I say that out loud, I think about the, the word um, reconciliation. It gets used quite often. Um, the definition of what that is changes um, through the acts of work that happen. It's a, um, we're getting in a time of how is it that identity, connection to the land and acknowledgement of indigenous um, rights and connection to their territories is 
maybe an act of acknowledgement that happens in our regular practice. But it's very different when those rights and titles are, um, are respected. And mm-hmm. so, again, I'm going to say that it starts at home. It needs to start in community. Um, individuals within community need opportunity to be able to define for themselves what resiliency is, what healing means to them, and how, how is it that um, collectively we can do that, but also mm-hmm. um, individually being able to, to sit in reflection and um, bring our best selves forward. It's powerful work, this um, this work that could contribute to greater resilience within community and the notion of that starting at home with our own um, grounding practices, our own resilient practices. And we have touched on um, missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls For listeners who want to walk alongside this this work of giving voice and of honoring, um, what acts of allyship could listeners take that would contribute to the resilience of this community? I'd say acknowledging that it's happening. There isn't a lot of acknowledgement connected to that. And there is a big MMIWG movement happening. But it's two years ago they they did the calls for action. And two years later, we're sitting down talking again about how to action those items um, Mm -hmm. and those calls for action. And they need to be actioned. So if there are individuals that want to contribute to that, I would say um, getting familiar with what's mm-hmm. in those calls to action and being able to understand the history, um, educating yourself, but also acknowledging and participating when there's um, red dress events and when there's mm-hmm. um, MMIWG walks. Um, that's one thing that I, I would like to touch on because I think I feel like I've talked all over the place today um, in regard to resilience. And the one thing that I'll own and I'll put forward is that as an Indigenous woman, I'm not by myself. I'm connected to my ancestors. I'm connected to my people in every way. So when I speak, it's not just for me. It's for mm-hmm. um, the knowing that I'm part of something much bigger than myself and that I need to acknowledge the struggle of my people um, mm-hmm. and also hold myself responsible to contributing to making that better. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. And as uh, we um, bring today to a close, are there any final comments that you want to offer? I um, So I, I think I shared in my bio that I delivered the MMIWG family gathering in 2019. Um, I've worked on a video from that um, event and we'll be sharing it um, soon. And I would like to uh, to soft launch it here and let you know that it is coming out. Um, 
everything that I've done connected to MMIWG is keeping my niece's name, Angeline Pete, at the forefront of my mind and advocating and working hard to bring light to her case. Um, I, I want to contribute to um, families, advocating for families that have been impacted. I want to continue that work because I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to, um, to learn and to listen. And I think that this opportunity um, has impacted my person on an individual basis. Mm. And how is it that I align my energy with my purpose? Mm -hmm. I think it's brought me back to the fact that um, my true purpose and passion is to bring light to her case and to, um, to work on murdered missing Indigenous women and girls to contribute to the resiliency of our young women and mm -hmm. to acknowledge that our men need to take their place as protectors. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for those powerful messages. And uh, we live our lives as a legacy to our loved ones. And uh, you are a powerful legacy to those who you love. Thank you for joining me on Resilience in You today. And may your week be informed by creating spaces for resilience and honoring uh, amidst these COVID uncertain times. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Resilience and You. Please join your host, Beth Page, again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, if you find that you're facing some personal stress, try to find your calm. Be resilient 